and welcome to an Easter special. Now, actually, I say Easter special. It just happens that this is being released on Easter bank holiday. But nevertheless, it's a very, very special Easter special, Easter, Easter special, special Easter special episode. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, say special one more time and so help me Easter God. special. <laughs> and we've put it together with sticky back plastic just for you. We have, absolutely. Oh, it's a cracker. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this chat. What a lovely fella, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Yes, absolutely. Now, really important stuff. Before I ask you a sort of slightly podcast-related question, Christopher has got some important news for us. Um, and listeners, we please, please, please help us out. And it's not it's not really us at all, as you'll, no. you'll find out. We need your help for... Our, essentially our Ukrainian friends. So tell us the news, Chris. Yeah, so we don't bang on about reviews and liking us that much. We do a little bit, tiny little bit, but we leave it until the end of the podcast. You know, we keep Please it... like Chris. Please like Chris. <laughs> no, the reason we say, can you um, review and give us a like is that it raises our profile on the um, podcast platforms where we're where you'll find us and where other people will find us so that it makes it easier for other new listeners to find the podcast and it's all lovely it doesn't mean that we get money it means that more people listen to the podcast which is you know um, there's no point us just we might as well just be sitting in a garage shouting at the walls otherwise so let's just get more people to to listen to the podcast that would be good isn't that what we do oh yeah is this on is this thing on this is working, I think. Yeah. So you may have heard of Podchaser, and this is one of the platforms where you can find podcasts. And um, podchaser.com, we are on podchaser.com. You can find us there. Now, for the month of April, if you go to podchaser.com and then search for the Gig Stories podcast, if you click on that, then you will find our podcast and all our episodes are there. If you leave a review and, um, I don't know, how many stars? I mean, it's out of five. You're there anyway, so you might as well just leave five stars. If you leave that, that review, and then podchaser.com will donate 50 cents to the World Central Kitchen. And also in the month of April, Alitu, A-L-I-T-U, the podcast maker, so they're a, a host, um, they will match that. So basically, any review you leave will mean a dollar to World Central Kitchen. So World Central Kitchen is, I'm going to read this so that I don't make a mistake and get it wrong. So it's yeah, first. It. So what it says on the website here, World Central Kitchen is first to the front lines, providing meals in response to humanitarian, climate and community crises. We build resilient food systems with locally led solutions. So they've set up this initi initiative called Chefs for Ukraine. So that's hashtag chefs, then the number four, and then Ukraine. And so again, what it says here on the website, working at a 24-hour pedestrian border crossing in southern Poland, uh, World Central Kitchen began serving hot, nourishing meals within hours of the initial invasion and are now serving round-the-clock dishes at eight border crossings across the country. And additionally, they're supporting local restaurants preparing meals in 12 Ukrainian cities, including in Odessa, Lviv, Kyiv, um, and also um, 
world central kitchen teams are also on the ground serving thousands of meals every day in Romania, Moldova and Hungary. So I think you'll agree that this is a win-win for everyone. Podchaser gets people going to their website. We get more people reviewing and um, raising the profile of the, of the, the podcast. But most importantly, it's actual money going to this actual um, amazing initiative, which is providing hot meals for largely people who are fleeing uh, Ukraine or who are unable to flee and need need to eat, basically. So if you go to podchaser.com, search for The Gig Stories podcast, all separate words, because it's a little bit pernickety about how you search for it. The Gig Stories podcast, all separate words, and then give us a quick review and a five stars. You give us two stars, but come on. Um, five stars. Five. Five, please. And that's actual money to a, a really fantastic initiative, a really practical response to, to what's going on across in, in Ukraine. So, yeah. And uh, Chris, will we be able to put a link to that on this web page? I will do everything. I'll, I'm going to post on Facebook. I'm going to post on Twitter. I will put a link on Brilliant. our website. And um, yeah, and I'll put it at the bottom of the, the details for this podcast as well. So I'll put all the links and the hashtags down there as well. So um, yeah, just get get on it. I, I, it blew my mind yesterday. It's really that is amazing. Yeah, it really is brilliant. And that, that's all we need is for you to go on and, and review. Simple as that. That's it. Um, I'm seeing a loophole here, Chris. Go on. If our friends go on and, and review us, could they go on and review other podcasts? They could very well go and review other podcasts. Yeah. Hey, listeners, go on, press play on some podcasts that you like the look of, have a listen and rate them and review them because that is going to help even more, isn't it? I've yeah. just thought about that. But do us Let's first. All do us first. Give us five stars. Give the others a, a lovely round of applause. And give Chris Hawkins three stars. Chris Hawkins needs yeah. to give three stars. <laughs> hey, give Chris six. Give yeah, him six he's a five star five all stars. day. Yeah, yeah he he's is. a big fan of five and star as well, I know for a fact. Yeah, rain or shine, he's always there. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. Um, but I, I double check. I had to double check, and I went on a live chat with um, uh, with Alitu, the podcast maker, just to double check that it was legit. And they were like, "Yep, this is absolutely legit. This is what this is real. What this is what we're doing." So, so oh. come on, listen, fill your boots, and let's help. Let's help our Ukrainian friends. Bless them. So, I was driving down uh, to Cardiff for Easter. Um, had a really long journey, and. Um, uh, I had my turn of uh, DJing on the Spotify. Oh, God help a, them. A, yeah. What Evs? <laughs> what Evs? Oh, and let me just tell you, let me just tell you something that is now a thing within my family, and only you regular listeners will get this one. So whenever we go anywhere now, and it was confirmed to me yesterday... Uh, we stopped at the services and just as we drive away from the services all my family go Paul mwah, love you, love you. And carry on they all did it yesterday and I said what and then clicked 
yeah, every time we go to services, they take the mick out of me and my my chance meeting with Paul Weller I in the service that. station. I love all that. Of them, yeah, all of them go, Paul, love you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you insisted on listening to a, an episode of your own podcast on a journey. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, you're a hey wrong guys, you've got to listen to this podcast. It is so good. I am hilarious. There's even a Scottish guy in it. There's a Scottish guy. He's so cute. So right, anyway, right. I thought I'm on the Spotify and um, one of my very best friends in all the world, uh, James, used to be in a band that uh, back in Cardiff in the early um, oh, 60s. Yes, a few years ago. And um, they were brilliant. Absolutely love them. And they came up on Spotify. I found them on Spotify because they'd released a single on a, a record label called Booby Trap. Well, give them a shout out. What are they called? We're, well, they, they go under two names, Tommy and the Chauffeur and Small Victories. Okay. And um, the, that record label was a Cardiff um, label owned by Booby Trap Baz <laughs> and Hugh Stevens. From, oh, right, okay. You know, radio. Wales is finest, Houston. Radio's own. Exactly. So they've put them on Spotify. But it, I was listening to it and it took me right back. And I listen to James's band quite a lot because I genuinely think they are just the greatest band that you've never heard of, which then got me thinking they're also the greatest band that you never saw live. So whether you answer it now, Chris, or in the next podcast i'm gonna let you decide so you can either have a think or we're just going to move straight on to this uh, uh this week's guest but the best band you never saw live was mm -hmm. small victories and tommy and the chauffeur when they were called tommy and the chauffeur they were just incredible my friend james is so talented he's got a wonderful voice and he's a guitarist they then had a lead singer who's also called james who was hell of a character He's, he's just incredible. I love him so much. Great front man. Uh, they had a DJ that would be doing live scratching. Fantastic rhythm section. And they were just, they were just absolutely brilliant. So I want to know who's the best band that I've never seen live. So be an un, basically a band that's only known to me or to... Or, or to a handful of you. I mean, because, you know, most of Cardiff on the music scene at the time, knew Tommy and the show from Small Victories, but that's a limited Well, know, do you know what? This is, this, is, this is an open goal, really. It's an absolute open goal. I've got, oh, cool. I've got cassettes of my old band, Nimbus. You know, we've talked about Nimbus in the past. <laughs> now, honestly, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not doing my job if I don't try and get those converted <laughs> to digital and then play you some of that, because honestly, we, we were great. <laughs> so, yeah, easy answer, mate. Nimbus. Bosh. Done. And so, Alex, the answer is... Me. Mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listener. Oh, God. Oh, God. And the thing is, I haven't heard them... I haven't heard us for a long, long time, and I might listen back and go, actually, no, it's a different band. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. We were this, really a live something... band, not a recorded band. <laughs> Listener, something is going to happen in the coming episodes. I can't promise when. We're going to find either live footage or we're going to get you links to 
to hear because actually I want to hear Chris's band's Nimbus uh, and I want to know exactly why they didn't headline the pyramid stage at Glastonbury yeah I mean who knows maybe we'll never know exactly 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 right so let's uh, move on to this week's homemade DIY guest it's exciting we, we bring you some guests, man. And today, we're bringing you number 38. Number 38. Not number 38, guest on the Gig Stories podcast. Oh, no. Number 38, Blue Peter presenter. We've brought you an actual, real-life Blue Peter presenter. I mean, what more do they want, Chris? Exactly, exactly. Well, you 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 know him. You've known him for for ages um and i just met him for the first time and what a lovely lovely guy really yeah just a, a real sweetheart um and a, a really hey, i've only known chat. him for a couple of years let's not oh, all right know. okay you're not you don't go none of this back. is on me right i got nothing to do with the kids i mean so a couple of things before we start the episode firstly is that so we um we caught up with richie uh on his day off thank you mate um yeah, he came he came in his in his flip-flops and we um chatted to him. Well, we, we do we do mention that in in the episode um but we we met up with him in media city and it, essentially in a corridor really wasn't it a mezzanine a mezzanine a mezzanine where a mezzanine where cleaners and um other staff were kind of pushing trolleys and squeaking doors and all that kind of stuff so there are but also joining in yeah, they were yeah. also joining in the podcast yeah. which was really quite fun that was excellent <laughs> Um, so there's that. So there's a couple of little squeaks and little bands, but actually the recording, it, it, it was good doing it in person, I have to say. Really oh, enjoyed great. doing it in person rather than on a screen. Screen. It was great to be together and it was great to speak to Richie. And I knew it would be different with Richie as well because um, he's substantially younger than Chris and just a little bit younger than me oh, um yeah uh, happy birthday birthday boy thank you very and, much and and i i know that his uh, musical taste has very much uh, been in sort of r&b soul hip-hop so i i knew that would be uh, a bit of an education for us so i was looking forward to it and hearing mm. his uh, his gig experiences so and then there was another thing that i wanted to bring up as well so this podcast we we try and keep it reasonably clean you know we t- tend to veer away from from the curse words from the caca mouths and sometimes it's absolutely impossible but we are not are you all... swearing in welsh we are <laughs> swearing in welsh is caca a, a welsh swear word okay wow never knew that um but basically Everyone welsh we... is turned off now yeah um so we yeah we we, we tend to just let a bit of swearing go and uh, we don't we don't bleep anything now there are a couple of bleeps in this one, and this is not because we were all lads, 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 you know, all that. Kind of <laughs> and you know, Richie, you you you'll quickly realise he's not Sean Ryder. Do you know what I mean? We're not. No. We're not speaking to somebody who's just got a filthy mouse mouth. Mouth. <laughs> he may have a filthy mouse, but not a filthy mouth. <laughs> but basically, as with Andy Day's. Um, episode, we're aware that because um, Richie is on um, CBBC and um, there might be some younger um, listeners uh, tuning into this 
this episode. So if there are any bleeps, there have been a couple of little little swears there, but we thought we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll protect you all. And so there are a couple of little bleeps, but that's why it's not because it's any filthier than any of the other episodes, which aren't filthy. Although, listen to Matt Fraser's. Um, <laughs> um, there are a few occasions where we said bum, knickers, bogey, bloody bogey. Yeah. I'm going to have to bleep help. that as well now. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. But, but we, 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 think you'll, we think you'll enjoy it. And um, it's, it, it's a good one. Thank you so much, Richie. Uh, speaking to a Blue Peter presenter, absolutely brilliant. I mean, where do we go next from this, Chris? I'm just not sure. The no. one show? <laughs> anyway, here <laughs> is number 38, episode 36. It's Richie Driss. The Drist. Today we welcome journalist, presenter, writer, producer, documentary maker, almost goalkeeper, top sleeker wearing, he's number 38, it's my Algerian brother from another mother, Richie Driss. I listen, I will say that that was a brilliant intro, but you are incorrect. I am not wearing any sneakers oh, no. today. No. Listen, he's all. just pulled up. Now, he is, let's just highlight how old Chris and I are. What is that that he's just pulled up? It's just... Sandal. Yeah, exactly. It's a sandal. It's a flip flop. Flip flop. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a slider, isn't oh, it? Well, yeah. A slider. A slider. That's what the young kids call them. I've mate. never heard a slider. of a slider. No. See, when I when I think of sliders, I think of burgers. Oh, no, what? mini mini burgers. Yeah. You go to a restaurant, you get a mini like you get a selection of mini burgers. Because I'm really indecisive when it comes to food. So like, if I go to a restaurant and they ever offer like multiple versions of something similar, like a multiple sort of burger, it's always they're referred to as sliders. I don't know why. It makes that's, no only, sense to me. that's only in the posh section of Marks and Spencer's food slider. Is that right? Already, Driss is showing us that uh, he, stop he, it. Just, he just he's a celebrity. Evolved. Exactly. <laughs> evolves in different places. Now, I'm just going to go back to number 38. Yes, number 38. Yes. For those that don't know, what is that, Richie Driss? What does the number 38 mean to you, brother? Uh, not my age, just yet. Uh, it's in reference no. to my <laughs> my uh, presenter number when it comes to the longest-running children's TV show in the world, Blue Peter. Oh, my so. God. Well, on the, on the way here, oh we were talking about our favourite presenters, and so mm. you were, no, you were so, number 13. Yeah, my favourite presenter. Mine was number 11. Yeah, mine was number 13. Maybe Richie can try and guess. This is, who's going to be 13? Now, you know how old we both are. Yeah. So, Valerie Singleton. Oh, come oh, on. Hell, I'm not that old. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Close, though. Um, John Noakes. Surely John Noakes no, will be one of good, them. Yeah, he's a good show. He's got to be one of them. Climbing Nelson's Column, unassisted, no ropes, nothing. Mental. That, like, that, that, is, that yeah. ladder thing that he was climbing. Yeah. And, uh, like, can you imagine the health and safety these days for that? Too? It would never well, get signed off. Well, it, it would never get signed no, off. It wouldn't get. I can because of the climbing challenge that I did, but I'm not going to talk about it now. Well, unless you want me to, but yeah, that clap. Yeah, if you've not actually, genuinely, if you've not seen Richie's climbing challenge on Blue Peter, it's actually crazy. And I don't not care compared to John Noakes climbing Nelson's column. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not hype it too much. But it was oh, one of the scariest I, things. I, I'm ever sorry. Done. Did, did John Noakes not climb um, the Old Man of Hoy as well? No, that 
That's that's what Richie Driss has done. But the fact that yeah, you've got me muddled up with John Noakes no, is... No, but John Noakes did it. Did you not... No, he Stop did not. <gasps> Rich, this is controversial. Richie, no. Richie, Richie oh. Driss. And, and I think John Noakes did it barefoot without any ropes. <laughs> I, I heard that he walked up here. He didn't even use his hands. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this weekend we're celebrating the resurrection of John Noakes. I think John Noakes did it. No, he's actually Googling this now. Yeah. I am. He's panicking. Yeah. So because, in, in let, let me tell you, listener, and, and a lot of you will know um, that currently I now work behind the camera and may know that I often floor manage Blue Peter. Oh my gosh. When those, when those um, films were going out yeah. of Richie Driss, he was walking around the studio like he was the greatest thing in the world. And you know what? I was for it because I would never do it, I can tell you. No. So I was actually cheering and backing my man. But the fact that John Noakes may or may not have done it, and we're going to find out, and we're going to stick this in the in the um, <laughs> the bit after the pod at the end, just to confirm. I can't find anything. Yeah, I can't find anything. So yeah. there's this. There's this article this is from brilliant. The Guardian. Yeah, it says about climbing Nelson's column, but it doesn't say the old manifold. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not no. going to read the whole article, lads, to yeah. find out that Blue Peter presented right. before me. Find out that I did. Yeah, but we'll back to you don't have to. But it's fine. <laughs> no, this <laughs> ignorance is bliss. I oh, know. I like a bit of jeopardy yeah. in, in, in a podcast. Definitely. No, my favourite, and it's intrinsically linked with um, being a heterosexual, prepubescent male, sure. Janet Ellis. Sure. Number thirteen, Janet Ellis. I. I absolutely fancied her. Mm-hmm. Mother of Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Yes. Um, she was mine. Who was yours? Number 11. Number 11. Um, it was another female presenter. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What do you reckon? Earlier than Janet Ellis. You're going to say it and I'm going to be like, oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't have known either. No, I I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, as much as I, I do have knowledge of the television show that I work in because it's a British <laughs> institution, I couldn't oh, name oh, all up there. 40 presenters. Yeah. Well, that's a disgrace. In I order. think that's what you should have done to get the job. I know, right? <laughs> Instead, I just had to hold a snake and do an assault course and make a That cannon. wasn't a snake. Um, Sarah, Sarah Green. Sarah Green. Sure. Sarah Green. But I, I think you were maybe thinking of her as going live. Going live with Phil and Schofield. Not, and not yeah. Blue Peter, but no. I forgot. Um, she was... Um, yeah. yeah. So, just, just very quickly on, on that... Because it's, it, it, all right, maybe less of a novelty to me, but for some people, Blue Peter, is just like the most amazing thing ever. And even I, growing up, I would uh, um, pretend, me and my sister would pretend to play Blue Peter. And I always used to say what? that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to say that in my interviews when I used to be on CBeebies, when they'd say, oh, have you always liked kids' TV? Well, yeah, I always, my sister would have a shoebox and a toilet roll stuck to it, which was the camera. And she'd be on wow. cameras, and I'd be the presenter, and then we'd swap. So, wow. yeah, I used to play Blue Peter growing up. Okay. So it was always, you know. But when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, how did the job come about? Was it actually quite a dry thing, or did you? was there a big audition process? Did they come looking for you? How did it, how did it happen? It's, uh, it's not one of those jobs that you can go sort of looking for on monster.com or... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I 
was doing, I used to work at a website called Joda.co.uk. I'll, I'll give you the abridged version of the story because it's, yeah, it's a good. long old story, to yeah. be honest. And, you know, you've only got an hour, um, <laughs> not a day. Um, so I was working at a website called Joda.co.uk and I produced, uh, I was a producer and presenter there and I produced my own sort of series called Have a Go Joe where a random bloke, me, would do really out there jobs, really unusual sort of jobs that mm. your average person wouldn't do, hence have a go Joe. And I'd have a go at being a Royal Marines commando and I'd have a go at doing oh, wow. stand-up comedy, which was terrible. Oh, you actually did that? I did a 10 minutes, 10 minutes stand-up comedy gig. It's Man. about like 10 hours. Yeah, the- Oh my That's God. painful because did... Richie is not funny. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. So with that Mate, in mind, I, I, have, I total respect for that. I I cannot imagine doing that. This is the thing. With that in mind, I thought right, as Alex just wonderfully eloquently pointed out, I'm not funny. Um, <laughs> no, he's so hilarious. I interrupted me. I I thought right, how do I how do I play this? Because I had sort of um. I had a mentor, a guy called Kojo, who was on Britain's Got Talent. Oh, he used yeah. to be a capital uh, radio yes, presenter. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know him, and so he sort of came in and, and taught me a thing or two and said, listen, the one thing that you do not want is silence. You need a, rea- a reaction. Any reaction is okay. better than nothing. Than nothing. Okay. Any reaction, yeah. even if it's a heckle, because at least you've got something to go off. Yeah, yeah. Play off. Good. Right, whereas yeah. silence is boredom and people get into the bar and all that kind of yeah. thing. So, that's, so I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the piss out myself and tell stories about going on nights out at university, of which there are a couple. So You, you wrote the 10 minutes yourself? You yeah, wrote yeah, yeah. the content? Yeah. Oh, man, that is brave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you don't... I, I Comedy is so subjective, as we all well and know. Mm, it's totally. so, so subjective. So I just thought the easiest and broadest thing to do, as I said, is to, to take the out of myself, yeah. so that at least people will either laugh at me or... Feel sorry for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I get some yeah. sort of reaction out of it. Going for the sympathy book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Johnny <laughs> Vegas, isn't it? It's Johnny Vegas. Oh, it's sort of classic. Yeah. Classic. I'm, yeah, I'm quite a self deprecating person myself anyway. I so suppose Tommy Cooper went for that as well, you a know, bit, yeah. and, and yeah. maybe even Les Dawson in a way that kind of. Um, I mean, yeah, all these names, they're all mentioned alongside Richie Driss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the comparisons <laughs> are <laughs> natural. But, yeah. but stand up comedy is my. You know, um, uh, quantum leap. Yes. That your ultimate fear Nightmare. is, uh, yeah, is waking up in that situation. Really? Be, oh, yeah. Be, yeah being be. a stand-up, you're right? You're on now, and you've got to give 15 minutes of your best material. Got, I don't have material. What are you on about? <laughs> you know what, though, it's an interesting one because, like that, and, and this is something that I've realised not only on Blue Peter but at Joe UK as well, is that it plays into all the sort of different jobs that I did and sort of challenges that I've done on Blue Peter as well play into all sorts of different sorts of fear. So the fear that you just mentioned, being on stage, yeah. you're not in any physical danger at all. The fear is judgment. That's it. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to swimming with yes. sharks, yes. where you are in a real, you're in a, to quote Kenny Loggins, danger zone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so with that, with that in mind, yeah. like, I, that's how I rationalise it. I would rather go on stage and try and tell jokes or entertain in some way, knowing that I won't get my hand or head bitten off, than go yeah. into a shark cage. And there's and the difference, because I would rather swim with a shark. Really? Than go on stage and... But you're um, in gen- genuine physical, potential physical danger. Yes, but I could then Punch have, a shark. I could punch a shark. Sure. <laughs> um, but and you can't punch a 20-person audience. I, no, I, I mean... Oh, I don't know. Well, I couldn't punch all of them. No. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> Topical. Yeah, oh, wow. Um, how, how did it go down then? How did the 10 minutes go down? 
quite well. Yeah, did it? Yeah, where yeah, where yeah, was it? Slayed. It was in a, a it was in a South London oh, uh, wow. stand up comedy club in uh, Croydon. I want to say Croydon, right? And it was it was terrifying. And also the person who went on before me, bless them, so bad. Really, so oh, no, bad that people were helpful. getting up, going to the bar getting drinks for themselves because they were just like, no. And it, it got to the point where the people who organised it were flashing the light and saying, no. Like, get so off, get but you must have been in the wings going, yes. It depends right. how you look at it. Because seeing how what they reacted... it happens to well, me? Yeah, I didn't know how to react to that because I saw how they reacted to that person. And I, therefore, was like, ha, ha. <laughs> So it's either... I don't know whether that made my job even more difficult because they weren't... They were, the, they were frozen. They were the opposite of warmed up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, you they were the warm. opposite of warmed up. Yeah. yeah, they were frozen. Yeah. They yeah. ruined it. Wowzers. So they weren't in, I'm not going to go as far as say they weren't in the mood to laugh. They were still, you know, on a night out having a few drinks and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But it, you never know, do you? They were in the danger zone. They were in the, I was in the danger you zone. You were in the danger yeah. zone. Yeah. yeah. Like what you did there, bring it back to music. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, now I'm looking forward to this because um, I'd be lying if I didn't say I know about a lot of your musical tastes. But I'm looking forward to this because it's going to be extra education for me and even a bit more for Chris because you have quite a hip-hop and R&B background. So this is going to how, be... How dare you? This is going to be... <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Says the 46-year-old listening to Charles Mingus on his birthday at home alone, you know, which is great. What a perfect birthday. I love a bit of jazz with Mingus. But I think we're going we're, we're gonna to hear some artists that we've probably never heard of today, Chris. Uh, Vanilla Ice. I know hip-hop. Right. Um, it's been nice, gentlemen. See you later. <laughs> Richie, come back. Come back, Richie. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Oh, there no. There we go. I mean, the door was wide open for that one, to be fair. Did you have that written down? No. Oh, okay. Oh, no. I, I actually, sadly, could can do that whole tune. That's quite sad. All the lyrics. That's quite and you choose not Every to. Every lyric. Not. You choose not to. Do you know to. what? I'm going to do it on the floor of Blue Peter next time. A few weeks. Please do, because I don't have to necessarily be there. Oh, I'll be making sure it's the day that you're in. Okay. Are you going to do the caterpillar as well? Oh, definitely, and do the thing on my head. The caterpillar, yeah. not the worm. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which I, I don't want to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, when you were growing up, what what part did music play in your life? Was there a lot of music in the house? Huge. Yeah? Huge. Um, my dad is... I, I, th- I think I do what I do. In fact, I don't think. I know that I do mm. what I do 90% because of my dad. Yeah. He's huge on his music, huge on his films. I was raised in a household of movies and music. Um, and obviously, because music is a, an audio-only thing, so to speak, mm. that's the sort of thing. You, you can get away from films a little bit more than music, as if I was even trying to. I wasn't trying to, but... Music sort of seeped into my consciousness a lot, lot more and a lot, lot easier than films. And I love my movies, and I'd sit and watch classic Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns and war films like Where Eagles Dare and Good, Bad, and the Ugly, etc. Et with, with, with my dad's, yeah. But music was always, always play. if movies weren't playing, music was, and music you'd have on in the background. So whenever he was doing anything else, music would be on. And what what kind of styles was he into? Soul, classic soul, uh, Diana Austin Supremes, Lionel Richie, Billy Ocean, mm. it's set Michael Jackson, etc. Not much of a Prince household, actually. Uh, Luther Vandross, mm. Marvin Gaye. Mm. I think if I, I think 
four tops, keep going. Um, I think probably Marvin Gaye is probably my dad's favourite artist. Um, Barry really? White, oh, etc. I could go it. on and on and on and on. So that was always, like my very first musical memory actually, of any sort, is the album cover to Michael Jackson Dangerous. I don't know if you remember it, but it's his eyes. And... That's my first gig. That's what I Sorry. say on here. That's what I say the on here. The first gig you ever went to? Yeah, it was the Dangerous Tour, Michael oh, Jackson. <laughs> and I bet it cost like 70p uh, it was uh, 24 pounds 25 pounds oh, that's ridiculous that's yeah. ridiculous which was I remember was you know really expensive that was expensive. a lot back in 1974 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah that was my first musical memory of any sort because it was actually quite for a what would I have been three years old I think oh. the album came out in what? June what sorry year what year were you born 89 Oh, oh my just gosh! Been a little bit sick in my mind. Sorry. Oh my gosh, that's your first. Because I thought that's a bit late, and I thought when no, you, I when you said the first image of Michael Jackson, I thought you were going to say "Off the Wall" or yeah. or, or even "Bad," which yeah. was my first Jackson album that I bought. No. So, your did your mum sort of have a say in this music? She or was, was it, into that music as well. Um, was it generally your dad? My, I think my mum's favourite song, and I could be wrong, mum. If you're listening, I apologise. This is wrong, but this is the song I associate with you the most. Is um, uh, the real thing, you to me are everything. You to me are everything, yeah. the sweetest song that I can sing, oh baby. So similar, I say similar, same, yeah. same sort of. Who, who was that? The real thing. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the clue was there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was just going round the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, was, who and, was and that? I, I bet you instantly went to Cool in the Gang. No, totally, yeah. I totally did. Yeah. Which is bad, but yeah. I totally did. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to Cool the Gang because I did as well. Okay, so was, so your dad sort of gave instilled you... that. Yeah. Was there much of a change in genre? Because it was quite. Uh, sounds like it was quite soul R and B. Did yeah. he did he throw anything else in there? Was there a bit a bit of rock sort of pop maybe or anything? Or pop, it was quite... yeah. If, if, well, not on purpose. If you put on the radio, you put on you know part for example, yeah. that kind of thing. If he wasn't listening to one of his many LPs, I'm, to this day I still say to my dad, please find your record collection because it would be worth a lot of money mm. now. Please, please yeah. tell me he knows where it is. No, he doesn't. It's really, really heartbreaking because honestly, he oh, has no. so many records. Oh no! Oh uh, no! That genuinely, yeah. that, oh that really hurts me. I guess, oh, I guess he, there was there was other other genres in there as well. Uh, Simply Red, but Simply Red. Although he, would he count as? I don't know what genre you'd put him in. To be honest, I'd put that as. Possibly soul, soul. Yeah. yeah, soulful. Yeah. yeah, I mean certainly. Well, he was—he he was, had a nickname, didn't he? I can't remember what it was, but it was something to do with soul. It's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because yeah, I think he had a a, a really good voice, but oh man, so, simply read it was. I think it was just—it was like it was played so much, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching um, so Top much. of the Pops, the nineteen ninety was it nineteen ninety two, Top of the Pops, and. Stars, um, yeah, the year, of, album. the year of stars, because that album, the beautiful South album, everywhere, yeah, was it? Right. It's just it was everywhere. everywhere, right? And um, yeah, I mean, it was. It, I, I seem to remember feeling it was a bit of a dark time for music. I think it's because. <laughs> well, I mean, would, would you call simply read back in the day the equivalent of say, I don't know, Justin oh, Bieber? Main, do you know no, what I mean? it was just it was mainstream. Everyone, everyone. They said there was this it. really bonkers stat, wasn't there? That. That album, the Stars album, and the Beautiful South album that were out at sort of the same time, that like half the households in Britain 
owned that CD sort of thing. Yeah, and so it's just so mainstream. I think about CDs years. in 1992. Are you sure? Yeah. Baby. Sorry, I'm joking. <laughs> hey. I think about ten years later, it would have been um, like David Gray. You know, that's right. that. back off. Back off on the David Gray. Uh, no, I wasn't saying that in a derogatory way, but I can do if you want. Um, but you know, it just everywhere. You know, oh, totally, yeah. um, if you know, um, hearing stars or, or um, I think it would be like Adele. Babylon or oh, you know, I think Adele. Adele. I think Adele it's incredible. would be the sort of oh no, simply simply massive. Just not just not my thing. I think it came at, at you know in my years when I was trying to you know be a bit punk and kick against whatever my sisters and mum sure. listening to but so did um did live music come into play at all were, were your parents ever lucky enough to go to live music was that a memory you had of them going out to a concert to see anyone not or? i know of not that i can remember really? not that i can remember at all um, um was that because of um because like for me and my mum so I don't mind saying this for for me and my parents uh, they have quite different tastes as well mine's my parents but it was a massive treat they'd go to maybe one two mm. a year because of finances right, you know, of course. didn't 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 have the money but also I think when they were younger like my my mum and dad saw little Stevie who turns mm. out to be Stevie Wonder you know they saw him and Tom wow. Jones and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in small clubs and 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 stuff around Cardiff, but, but growing up, it would sort of be my mum was off to St David's Hall to see the Everly Brothers or or whatever it was. I mean, I but, might be wrong. I might be wrong, but not that I can remember. No. Um, so, what was what was your first? What do you class then as your first live gig, your first live concert? Well, I mean, there could have been like a DJ like an MC Neat at like, you know, a, you know how they have baby nightclubs. Not ba- not like yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. not literally baby nightclubs for babies, but you know when you're between the ages of fourteen and eight yeah. or whatever you go to yeah. a, a, a night that's put on for <clears throat> teenagers. And there might have been like a DJ like an MC Neat there. I don't really yeah, remember. Bit of luck. We yeah. can make a truly night. Something yeah. like that. But I wouldn't count that. I'd say my first ever gig was when I was 17, so I was late to the party, uh, and it was um, a certain artist, Yeah, it was a certain artist by the name of Sean Carter, better known as Jay-Z. Shut up! Uh, Your first one. It's my Get very that. first one. <laughs> and it was it was his... What year was it? 2000, I want to say 2000, yeah, 2005 oh, or six. Six, six. Or six. 2006, because I took my very first girlfriend for her birthday. That's um, not the black. No, what album is that? No, so it was after he came. He just the black album. He retired after releasing that, and then he came out of retirement, and this was his sort of comeback. That oh game. right, yes, yes. Um, and what was the what was that what was that first album when he came back? Kingdom Come. Yes, but it was before that came out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It okay. Was, so he, he it was uh, it was long before that came out. Um, so that was in September two thousand six. I was seventeen. And it was at Wembley Arena, and I had no idea what I was in for. I mean, even though I was hugely into that music at the time, I didn't know how lucky I was going to get. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because, you know, you you went to a massive venue for your first gig. Your first yeah. gig was a massive... Yeah. Was that the first time you'd been to a stadium? No, I'd been to watch no, football you'd matches. Been, you'd seen football matches. But also, right? that was Wembley Arena as opposed to Wembley Stadium. Oh, right, Arena. Yeah. But, yeah. You'd, but you'd door. been to... You, Wembley you Arena's still big though, isn't it, eh? Oh yeah, it's massive. Mm. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, had you been to a venue like that? What? No. Uh, no. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of experiences all sort of at once. 
it is such a I can feel it now because I um and I remember the Michael Jackson and and I have to check because there's actually a few the problem is we're geeks and we we keep our ticket stubs and I actually have to sit down and I have to go through all these because because actually I'm a bit of a liar because I keep throwing all these things around but in that one year I saw a lot of bands and I've said it's Michael Jackson and I need to spend time nailing it down because there was also U2 a Zoo TV tour and that feeling I remember more than the Michael Jackson in the in in the National Stadium which is now the Millennium Stadium or whatever it's called now in Cardiff the feeling of walking in and there being 60,000 people in this massive stage. Mm. I mean, the Zoo TV tour, I think, personally, it could go down as maybe one of the greatest stadium tours ever. It mm. was just, I mean, it was so far ahead of its time. It was just immense, you know, massive screens everywhere that no one had ever seen before. And all those feelings of colours, sounds, the vibe, the atmosphere. Similar to when I went to my first football game, I can remember that as well. You're so, talking specifically about stadium tours, though. So would you count a stadium tour as being that much bigger and better than an arena tour? Because I've been no, to only no. two stadium gigs. Really? Yeah. Of all the gigs I've been to, only two of them have been stadiums. Yeah, which, which, sta- so which stadium? Uh, London Stadium. West Ham. Oh, Over what, them. What did you see? Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Oh. Joint tour. Uh, and Eminem. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, thought, ma- I, I don't massive. think I've been to many. I think I've I've been to well, we were at the same one. We were uh, Radiohead at the nice. um, oh Old Trafford's um, um, cricket ground, um, uh, Stone Roses at the Etihad. At the, yeah, some of us at the Etihad. Um, and also at the Etihad, um, George Michael. <sighs> I'd love to. I'm gutted. He's he's one I never never got to see. Yeah, but I think I think that's it. I don't think I've been to. Been to many no, it, arenas are still, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it's just sort of this. I can't remember what my first arena in Cardiff, but it would have been something like Pulp Oasis, Mannix. It was it was one of that well, kind of lot. But my first arena was what, a was a uh, was my first big gig was Eric Clapton. Eric, oh, Eric S-E- Clapton, SECC in Glasgow. Oh, what lovely man he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell what what is it you remember from that from that Jay Z oh, gig? Man. I mean, of course, all of the, and this sounds like a weird thing to say, all of the acts, because you would think it would just be a Jay-Z gig, but no, 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 no. So that was a massive build-up. You, you mean all the warm-ups or people he brought on? The warm-up itself. Okay. Kano. Kano. Yep. Absolute Who British I've seen since, God. and he is, for me, the greatest British rapper of all time, for me. Ooh, hang on. Huge, I know. Greatest British rapper of all time, yep. Kano. For me. Uh, absolutely. And and I can see, yeah, absolutely, I could see that argument. But we haven't heard you do Vanilla Ice. No. Uh, true. true. So it's a good just, point. Just, you know, reserve judgment until we've <clears throat> Hang on. Just no, no, Kane Robinson, I know oh. you're listening, so... Uh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> Kano is a... And live as well. I've been lucky oh. enough to see him live a few times. and With his, with his live instrumentation as well. Yes. Incredible. Yeah, he, he is ridiculous. So he opened up... Oh, man, that's amazing. Um... I want to say the streets. Oh, it's mine. It's escaping what? me now. Yeah, I want to say the streets. Mike I'm pretty Skinner. sure it was the. So I'm pretty sure it was Kano the streets. I want to. There's there's another one who I cannot for the life of me remember. Okay. But then Lupe Fiasco. Oh, I love Lupe. And I, I saw him. The last but one gig I went to was Lupe Fiasco, and it was the first time I'd seen him since my very first. No way. Gig. So it was, where was where was that? I was in, in Manchester at um, 
academy, some sort of academy. Was it the academy? The academy. Was it the academy? Yeah, brilliant okay. venue. Yeah, brilliant, it's, good, it's good venue. Brilliant gig, but it was amazing to see him That's for the first time since my very Lupe. yeah, Flipping amazing to see him for the first time since my very very first gig. And then Jay Z came out with uh, Memphis Bleak, who we always used to go on stage with yeah. um, at the time. Uh, and then Memphis Bleak took a bit of a break for Beyonce to come out. Yeah. Oh, oh, Beyonce came out. Beyonce in that came gig? out. Uh, this is my, still my first ever gig. Yeah. So Jay Z oh and Beyonce on the same stage. Gosh. And then this for me was the one because uh, me and my first girlfriend at the time we were talking about who was better Jay-Z or Nas beforehand like, oh, who do you prefer and I was like oh I'm a, a Nas man she's like oh I'm more of a Jay-Z man did, no. and, and they'd had this long running feud for oh, I'll say six or seven years but uh, about nine months before this gig Nas came out at Jay-Z's New York the New York leg of his comeback gig. That's right. And it, like, it made waves everywhere. That's like, right. They the made two greatest up. rappers alive have made up and, yeah. and all this kind of thing. So then Nas came out. In the London gig. In the London gig. Oh, so man. I see Nas and Jay-Z on the same stage. Did the crowd go absolutely bad? Most definitely. Most definitely. Oh, and the thing is that I was 17. So if I was 27, 37, I don't know what I probably would have like spontaneously combusted. Yeah. But even then for me, a 17-year-old at the time, I was... But you must have thought, so, well, this is what happens at gigs. Yeah. Yes. This is, this, is, <laughs> yeah, this is a gig then. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? It, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know what I thought afterwards. Possibly that. Well, it's like my first, my first football match. My first football match was 4-3. Oh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's that kind of, that kind of vibe. Mm. But yeah. I like, yeah. And we're all football matches like this. Yeah. Mm, no, I mean... No, I don't, I don't, I think I just remember thinking to myself, it's Jay-Z's comeback, sort of contextualising it a little bit, it's his comeback, it's his first time back in the UK, yeah. coming out of retirement, and the fact that Nas is, it's just really well timed, and Nas had been made up, and he was dating Beyonce, so, can you remember, I bit, did land on my feet my very first game. A bit geeky, can you remember what track, or tracks that Nas did with him? Yeah. What did they do? Uh, he came out to Hate Me Now. Right. Escobar Caesar has returned. Yeah. Is what we heard, oh, and then there were flames, Everyone and then he came just out. Went mental. Oh my oh, days! Um, he also did their presidents because that's yeah. the track that Jay Z and Nas, I think, first ignited their beef. Right, was okay. their presidents because um, Jay Z famously said, uh, "You you made a hotline, I made it a hot song," like referring to one of Nas's lyrics. Yeah, I'm out for presidents to represent me, and then Jay Z took that line of Nas's and made it into a whole made it the hook of a whole song yeah and that's I think what partially what ignited their beef from what oh, I remember man, that is a... that they performed that together on stage as well uh, I think made you look I think made you look just oh, man, an so absolute anthem he stayed he three stayed songs from what I remember two or three songs yeah um, Dead Presidents and Hate Me Now I'm 99% sure made you look I could be wrong but I think so and then did gigs kind of come thick and fast after more that more so yeah more so yeah because I'd say like, it took me 17 years to get to a first gig and I was like Jesus Mary and Joseph these things are quite good aren't they <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah and then the second gig I went to was Nas it was a completely different experience it was um, a lot more intimate uh, Hammersmith Apollo and I was front oh row. I was, what a I venue was, yeah I was front row centre um, so I was you know I was about 12 foot away from him yeah, um, that was for the Hip Hop Is Dead tour. Um, that oh, wicked! Great album. What a tour! What an album! Yeah, and then it wasn't. And then I did. A, I mean, now I'm struggling to remember any other ones. That I, I mean, there was what, the Watch the Thrones tour. I've been to quite a few, but it wasn't until 2012 that I went to something that wasn't hip hop and R and B. 
Okay. Or even just hip hop, actually. Right. And I might be jumping the gun here by saying mm-hmm. what my favourite gig I ever went to was. Okay. Um, you jump oh, the gun, yeah, but we're going to let you. Uh, Swedish House Mafia. Right. Okay. Uh, 2012 Antwerp. For, it was their last tour. And it was, it wasn't. I oh, mean, the. F- the lot, I mean, they, they're now they're now back yeah, together. They now, but only recently, isn't it? But that was that's a, yeah. That's what they announced as this Their is last us. This is gone. Up. And where did you see them? Antwerp. And so did you? Antwerp. Were you planning to go to Antwerp anyway? And it just so no, happened. No, you just, absolutely not. You just decided to go mm. to see that. It um, was it was me and um, some mates from Union and other. It was a really random mix of people. It was only it was six of us. My mate that I worked with at the time in a bar, my mate from Union and his mates from. It was a really random group. Like there were people that I'd never met before, haven't seen since. Put Brilliant. it like that. So is that Brilliant. It, um, I thought about asking this to previous guests, but never did. But so, so is that the furthest you've travelled for a gig? No. Where's the furthest? Stockholm. You've... Stockholm. Which I imagine is further than that. Yeah, it would be further than that. Yeah. 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 Stockholm for Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Coming back to Swedish House Mafia, because I know I had friends from back uh, back home in Wales that went. I think they went to the British last one, and I'm probably pulling this out my backside, but I think it might have been like Milton Keynes Bowl. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I missed that. And people did just say that it was mega. What was you know so what? what was so good about it? It wasn't. It, I mean, listen, the performance that they put on was incredible. The show that they put on, the the, the light show, everything, the atmosphere, all of that, amazing. But because do they are they are they not not simply are they. DJing or are they actually playing no, DJ. live They're as DJ. well? Yeah. Are they ever playing? So no. They are. Okay. So at the end of the day, if you think about it, in the same way, if you like, as rappers are on stage with a microphone, they're not mm. dancing or anything like mm. that. It's a completely different show to a Michael mm. Jackson or a Kasabian or whatever. They are stood behind the desk, basically. Yeah, I know, Do you know what I mean? When you break oh, no, it down. Totally. Because people argue about, oh, is that a live game? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've spent lots of time and money watching DJs. I mean, Fatboy Slim right. did the biggest arena tours and stuff. And right. So I have no clams. Yeah, that's live. But then sometimes you get, um, you'll get DJs who will play sort of live samples in or live. And that, I suppose that was my question, whether it was DJing. But as far as you're aware, they were, as far as I know, they, they were DJ they, sets. Well, they were definitely there. It was definitely a DJ set because it's not as if what yeah. they did was, because they, I was listening to their album, you know, obviously in the run up yeah. and their album is basically a DJ set in that each track mixes into the next track and all yeah. that kind of thing. It's seamless for an hour and ten minutes, whatever. So what, why was it your best ever gig? So this is the thing, is that it wasn't in terms of the atmosphere, the performance, the venue, the light show, none of that. It was all a sort of extenuating stuff, if that makes sense, if that counts. It was the yeah, fact that it was... Yeah, yeah. It was sort of stuff sort of outside of the gig that complemented the gig. So six lads that... Absolute bloody lads that had never met each other before and... and it was the fact that I organised all the tickets and paid for all the tickets and people sent me the money. So that was my bit done. And then it was up to another lad to sort out um, accommodation, another lad to sort out travel. So one of the boys... had gone so wrong. Oh. And sorry, sorry, just remind me why you hadn't met before, what? So it was me and a mate from uni that were like, we need to go and see them. Yeah. Right. And then I mentioned it at work. Uh, and I was working in a bar at the time. And another lad was like, I need to go. And I was like, yeah, you're sound. Come. Okay, so and you then, knew it wasn't like you were there with five other strangers. No, no, no. I you, knew, you, I knew. So six of us, and I knew. Was there five of us? Five or six of us, and I knew there were there were like one or two people I'd never met before. Right. Okay. Who were right. friends of friends of friends, Got like or housemates like of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a film one day, isn't it? That weekend. 
Well, possibly. <laughs> when I'm done with Lupia. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but so I organised all the tickets. Another lad organised the travel, and the travel that he picked was an overnight bus from London, Victoria to Brussels, not even Antwerp. So wow. then we, so we slow hand clap for him. Oh, I know, right? Oh, wow. so it's like, cheers, cheers, Neil Owen. Cheers. Um, yeah, but if it cost you ten quid, it's a nice one, Neil. Yeah, true. I can't remember, but it wasn't ideal. So we got to <laughs> got to Brussels, took a train from Brussels to Antwerp, and it was an adventure. Cool, done an all adventure. Whatever, fine. Then we got to Antwerp, and the accommodation wasn't ready for another five hours. So because uh, we got there at like seven in the morning, um, no. so we then had to wander around Antwerp. It's like, what do we do? Like, we need to sleep because mm. we've got a big day and night ahead of us. Um, and we got into the hotel and we just got chatting to some girls, as you do. One of the boys did, Neil. Well done, mate. Um, and they just let us sleep on their floor in their room while they went out for breakfast. So we did. Just slept on okay. the floor in their room until our room was ready. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it does then, already yeah, really sound like a, an adventure. An adventure. I mean, I think, this is a new know, Welsh film. It's yeah. also not finished. Um, right. Yeah, so... After that, obviously went on the tour of Antwerp and all that kind of thing until got to the gig. Now, our tickets were seated, right? What was the venue? Antwerp and Arena. It was an arena, yeah. It was an, uh, an arena, it was yeah. arena. It wasn't a sports arena. It was sort of a music like double up. arena. I, I don't think it was like Antwerp in, like, football stadium. No, no it, was it was an, an indoor. Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But our, our, our tickets were, were, were seated. Oh. And if you go to like a dance gig... Te- don't want to be seated. Yeah. You, you, be you have that it. horrible thing of when that happens at an arena mm. and you've got seats and you're there going, this is the prodigy. Why are we to be standing? If you're at that kind of gig, you want to be having as good a time as yeah. possible, but you yeah. don't really want to be looking down and yeah. seeing people who are having a yeah. far better yeah. time. I, I'm, I'm not you. saying me and my brother did run down <clears throat> over the fence or over the barrier, well, I'll say that you, you and your brother did run. So yeah, we did that Manchester did Arena. Yeah. Imagine doing that. Yeah, oh my gosh. it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. I, f- I feel terrible to this. Really? Yeah. 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 I thought not. You want to be down in, in amongst it. So, so, so what did you do, Richard? So there were six of us, and um, we were like, yes, we're going to just see if we can sneak our way into the standing section. Yeah, yeah. And so we did. But being six foot three, I got spotted and stopped. Me and my mate got spotted and stopped and we were told, I do one, go to where you're supposed to go. So we did go to where we were supposed to go. We got split no. up basically. So there's four that made it and us two. Why did you not run? Big security guard. Oh, no, yeah. we, we weren't. Oh. It wasn't. Nah. Um, we so, ran fast. Yeah, fair play. So what we did was we, we, were, we were literally like, you know, next to the stage, really high up in the nosebleeds. And like, this, this is not the view. Wormed our way down to the front. And then somehow the boys spotted us. Somehow, in amongst what, a 60,000 per, 60, person arena, mm. we got to right to the front of the seated section. Yeah. And the boys come running through the crowd. I never forget <coughs> it. Come running through the crowd and spot us. And they're like, oh my God, there you are. And the gig had started by then. And we were just like, okay, jumped over the top. And it's probably about a 12 foot drop. A 12 foot drop? Probably, yeah. Jumped over the top. Yeah, but for you, you could step over. True. Though. Very true. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah. I'm I'm landing would, on my death. You would plummet. Yeah, I would pl- <laughs> <laughs> plummet. Yes. Yeah. Where's Alex? Oh, he's just plummeted. Ah! <laughs> it's flat. It's the way he would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. He, he always wanted to plummet. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
spotted my mates somehow. I don't know how they spotted me, but in amongst, I'd say, 60, 40, 60,000 people, however many it was. And we're like, oh, well, we've sort of reunited. Let's just jump. So we did. 12 foot jump. <laughs> 12 foot. Just, 12. Yeah. Uh, 12 foot jump to Richie, 12 Except foot plummet yeah. to Alex. Yeah. Exactly. A plummet. Um, and I would. I'd be gone. And then just got down to the front and just ran. Just ran. Because then the adrenaline is so oh. high. Um, uh, along with everything else going on that night, you 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 were probably all celebrating like it was, you know, World Cup win, yeah. World Cup final win. Mm. It was it was magic yeah. to be reading because obviously like once we got split up, we we're like well, we're never going to see them again, never again. Oh, of course, do you know what I mean? Well, there's that, yeah. So it's a spotted for them to have spotted us is nuts. Then we got reunited, and then we got right to the front, and there was like my mate, you know, holding me up on his shoulders and being you, on your my mate mates. holding you on his yes, shoulders. How yes. big's your mate? Please uh, tell me he's five foot. He's he's not he's not as tall as me, but he's a, he's not built like a noodle like myself. You must so have literally guy. blocked everyone's view. Nah, that's <laughs> their problem. You so, like a totem box. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the nosebleeds at the the nosebleeds at the back. <laughs> yeah. What's that? How many people is that? Yeah. Just two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like one of those classics: people on top of people in a trench coat. A but yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he held me up on his shoulders loads of times, and it was just an amazing atmosphere. And we eventually got right to the front, ended up on the big screen, like the cameras were like filming everything. We ended up, we saw ourselves on the big screen. Yeah. See, I've never been on somebody's shoulders. Have you been on somebody's shoulders? Yeah. Just thinking about it. Have yeah, you? of course I have. No, I, I, at have a, gig, at a gig. gig. Yeah, you got to. How? Yeah, just tick it off your list. Whose who shoulders have you been on? Anyone. Yeah, anyone that love kinds. her. Yeah. I've never been on somebody's okay, shoulders. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> on my shoulders. I'd be well up for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Security uh, at Media City just offered uh, you on the shoulders. Yeah. You got, you got you got as I, a gig, you've got to. And then I've told you about person on my oh I don't know if I have on this podcast so I'll either edit this out yeah. or keep it in and it was Reading Festival and it was Manson on the stage Marilyn no man no no not Marilyn good wide, shout though wide open but space. Manson I'm in a wide open space I was about to say mm, Bob that's Hanson no that's Hanson <laughs> and this girl said can I go on your shoulders and I went yeah yeah whatever and then um, my friend Gary is next to me and he's just looking at me staring like, and he's gobsmacked and um, he also just looked uh, completely shocked and what is happening. And so I'm looking at him and I'm starting to panic because I'm thinking... He's on my shoulders. Yeah, I'm thinking, what's, what's going on here? And um, It was Kylie Minogue. He's, he's, well, he's looking at me and then he's, he's, looking, he's looking at the big screens and he's doing sort of me looking at the screens. And I'm like, so I look at the screens and I start laughing with him because there's a topless girl... On the screens, and I'm going, That's funny, that's funny. And then I realized as I turned to Gary, the girl on the screen moved, so I just moved left, right. And as I move left and right, the topless girl on the screen was moving <laughs> left to right. And this girl got on my shoulders, and without me knowing, had just taken her top off. And I was like, Where's a, a topless? There's a pair of breasts bouncing on top of my head, literally there. And then she just tapped me, got down. That was an awkward one. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. What, you, what do you, what do you say to that? And I was there that? going, and she went, thanks so much. Nice to meet you. And I just looked her in the eyes 
and said, no worries. No worries. High and five. then, yeah, it was, it was hilarious, I'll be honest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting, that was an interesting. No, well, <laughs> I mean, if I did go on somebody's shoulders, I might go topless. It's true. And I'd, I'd feel your boobs on top of my head. <laughs> so I love that there's so many things that make a favorite gig, but yeah. we're now going to take you on to the quick fire round. Okay. And we say that with our tongue in cheek, but hey, we'll give it a go. Mm. We'll give it a go. What's your most recent gig? Hans Zimmer. Oh, Absolutely wow. un. It was a quasi religious experience. Oh, so now he, we're talking. he had guests. Um, uh, he had guests. Was, was Johnny Marr playing no. with. I, I had to Wait, well, actually, confirm to me who the Johnny Marr that you're thinking of is. Okay, so guitarist for the Smiths. So there was a a young lad no, from Manchester who goes on tour with him. But no, not the guitarist from the Smiths. I'm okay. pretty sure. Because he has, ring a bell? Yeah, he has appeared, but Zimmer has been doing a... This, is, this arena tour is a world tour, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, yeah. It, it may not have been Richie's night. But also... And I'm not. I'm not going to undermine it. Take the Mick. The Smiths is not, and Johnny Ma is yeah. not on Richie's radar either. Right? So it no. could have. But Ma is older. How old's Ma now? He's um, late fifties, or is he actually? A bit uh, old? Yeah, yeah, late fifties. No. no, Johnny Ma was. I'm pretty sure he. I'm ninety percent sure. Right. He was not so, so how did? Because this is in the. This is actually really recent, isn't it? The yeah, last couple of weeks. Three weeks ago. So what was the setup? How did he do? He had his orchestra. What else was orchestra, going on? Orchestra, amazing light show. Um, and as far as get guests, the unbelievable—I wish I knew her name—but unbelievable vocalist of the Gladiator theme, which we all know, um, really. Lisa hor- Gerard. Sounds oh, yeah 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 unbelievably. Beautifully haunting Lisa vocals. Lisa Gerard, I'm pretty sure she wow. was there. The yeah. incredible vocalist of the Lion King theme tune. Ah, Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger, yeah. No way, Arsene Wenger yeah. was with Hans yeah. Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Oh, wow. So he bought that gentleman them. whose name, I again, I should know. Um, so the, the guys who did this, you know, yeah. those songs Sang and those particular scores. themes. And where, was, where was Zimmer on the stage? How was he Everywhere. set up? Was he moving around instruments? He did move, and... he did move around, but he predominantly right smack bang in the middle, or it... in going between piano and Was microphone. he conducting it then? No. As well? He wasn't conducting he in the sense... Conductor? No, neither, actually. There oh, wasn't right. a conductor, and he wasn't conducting, and I thought he would be, but he just, he would go to his piano and, and play, you know, when necessary. Mm. I mean, you would know this more than me. That must be re- really regimented of the orchestra then, to sort of have a... No conductor as such, and just relying on a musician who's moving around. That must be quite a. I would have thought that the principal violinist would be the point of focus if there wasn't right. a, if there wasn't a, a conductor. And yeah. I would check out because she was unbelievable, and she's sort of like the support, best supporting. Right. Mm. So that sounds. Do you know like, what I mean? From yeah. a logical point of view, but, you would have relied on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think if I've been to see wow. a, compo- a composer live and I have yeah I have I went to um, Glass. Um, Edinburgh Film Festival and I went to see Mark Kermode in conversation oh. with Angelo Badlamenti oh wow uh, Angelo Badlamenti who did um, Twin Peaks Twin Peaks okay, yeah. 
and collaborated with Tim Booth because yeah, he was with, the bad angel. You know, James, the the band James, sit down, Manchester band. Oh, sit down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So the lead singer from James. He collaborated with Angelo Badalamenti um, as Bad Angel. Bad Angel, that's right. Um, Good albums. You'd really like them. Okay. You you those albums because you I, I know you like your your orchestral films. I love my everything. You'd, yeah. Yeah, you'd like those. Well, at one point he he went to the piano, Badlamenti. He went to the piano and played um, Laura's theme from Oh, from Twin Peaks. From Twin Peaks, and the whole place was just reduced to tears. It was just so moving because he was talking about the way that David Lynch has had described this. He was saying that this this girl has gone into the woods and she gets lost and. Um, and she ends up dying, and da, yeah. da, da, and he was playing this music as he was describing it, really? as, wow. as David Lynch had described to him, and he he Amazing. was saying that the, the music just came to him as he was being yeah, described. Sure. It different sort of genius that isn't it? Ah, oh, it's next I, level. Isn't I it? want to pick up on the feeling that you said, but also that you mentioned Richie, because I've I've said this about various gigs. I've said this in the early days of going to see the Mannix when it was just punk rock riot it would be a religious experience so you just said mm. in fact you said it was quasi religious, religious yeah what, why did you say that because and this is the thing if if anyone listening to this was going to take anything away from from this interview i would say that you in your lifetime you need to go to a gig from as many different genres as you can yeah, because they are. Uh, on the one hand, yeah, you're sitting and watching someone perform music, but on the other hand, they are completely different experiences. You cannot compare watching yeah. Jay Z or Nas. In fact, you can't even compare watching Jay Z in an arena with watching Nas two rappers it, front row center. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. In the same way that you can't compare watching Kasabian yeah. to watching Hans Zimmer. Yeah, because watching Kasabian was like being at a football match with the best atmosphere of all time without any football. They, really weird. Like, are, everyone yeah. chanting along yeah. at the same time. They are time. incredible, actually. Unbelievable. Same with Liam yeah. Gallagher, who I saw like a week later. Unbelievable. Yeah. But then... But what about this? But then Hans Zimmer, yeah. it's 40 different instruments, which, if you really break it down, it's going to sound a bit <laughs> if you really break it down, instruments are just make... Like a like a noise, don't they? That's at the end of the day, they make yeah. a noise. Yeah. yeah. But it's the way that all of those noises were perfectly in tuned to make this beautiful, beautiful sound yeah. that you just cannot get your head around how they create something as stunning as that. And mm. and there were moments where I would I would just focus in on different parts of that orchestra. So I'd focus in on all the strings, and then I focus in on all the drums, and I'd sort of like I'd try and isolate them. And it helped lift everything in a way, yeah. like trying to isolate each of those individual instruments, would just heighten everything else. Because I saw the work and the graph that was going in to make this beautiful noise. Mm. And Time by Hans Zimmer is one of my favourite pieces of music of all time. Yeah. It's from Inception, if you've seen that. Mm. Yeah. And when he did that at the end, I nearly cried. Mm. And that's how it. That's how it makes you feel. Yeah. Is it, and and is that that feeling you have? Is it different? Is it different, or is it the same feeling that you get at other different other gigs? Different. different, like Swedish House Mafia, 
euphoria like I have never known yeah. before. Absolute euphoria. Yeah. Like and, and and same with you know, Watch the Throne or when I went to when I went to see Watch the Throne, Jay Z and Kanye West, and when I went to Whereas Nas front row centre, it was like it was rowdy and it was like and Kendrick Lamar because I yeah. ended up very close to him. You know, again another I keep saying twelve foot, but it was about that. It was like it was me and my mate and we're arms around each other just shouting the lyrics back at Kendrick Lamar and it yeah. was like no one else was there. Yeah. And and it's and it's a Kasabian, it was like a football match, same mm. with Liam Gallagher. So just completely to quote David Brent, different music for different needs. <laughs> well, he says different drinks for different needs, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you are someone then that is emotionally affected uh, by live music. I'm a I'm emotionally affected by music. Full stop. Yeah, but absolutely yeah. full stop. Like, I suppose with with Hans Zimmer yeah. as well. He's um, he's developed his career in such a way that there, there aren't many composers that you can hear a piece of music and go. Oh, that's so. John Williams, I would suggest, is yeah, John Williams, hundred percent. Yeah, but Zimmer, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Now, I would, I would reckon, I would recognise. Um, so, for example, I, I, um, I listened to this podcast um, a couple of years ago called 50, is it Fifteen Minutes to the Moon," and it's okay. it's all about the moon landing in '69. And I heard the theme tune and thought, sounds quite like Hans Zimmer that, and uh, I would never have really known that I mm. knew what a Hans, Hans Zimmer piece yeah. of music was. Yeah. And it was a BBC podcast, and I thought, why would why would it be Hans Zimmer? And it was Hans Zimmer. Same with Blue Planet, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if this if this word is used with um, composers, but, um, you know, I studied film and within film. You mentioned David Lynch. He's, he's possibly my favourite auteur. Hmm. And there's the whole discussion in films of which directors are auteurs, you know, Hitchcock, Lynch. So I, I think there are composers who've become auteurs where you hear Williams and you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, oddly him. enough, in my, my film and TV um, dissertation, mm. I wrote about Tim Burton being an auteur. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman is yeah, yeah. another composer you would know. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. You can, you Michael can, Bay, yeah. auteur. <laughs> You know a Michael Bay film, don't you? I mean, say what you want, but you know a Michael Bay film if you see it. Oh my gosh! I know. I know. Listen, I know you, Matt. No, you're right. Right? I, yeah. You, you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this has to be a record for the um, uh, quick fire round. Yeah, quick fire round. That is unbelievable. Right. Mm. Second question: uh, worst ever gig. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, that was quick. That was quick. That was quite quick. Go on, Usher. Okay. <laughs> Love his music, love his music, yeah. um, but it was, uh, and I refer to these, um, I refer to these gigs where people go along knowing only one song, and listen, yeah. say what you want about audience gigs, do okay. what you want, of course, this is just my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. This was Usher when he released his song OMG, really awful song. Which year would this have been? 2011? Uh, oh, 11. Okay. About 2011. Yeah. Really bad song. And Usher has made some brilliant music. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant music. And I was a fan, hugely. Like, 8701 and Confessions yeah. are two of the greatest R&B albums of all time. But this, and I'd never seen him before. And then the time came and I was like, oh, let me go and let me go to this gig. No one knew any of his music apart from this one really dreadful song. 
And so the atmosphere was flat and dead and no one did a wow. thing. And then OMG, he finished with OMG, which is not a good song, especially compared to his older stuff. And everyone went, didn't go nuts, but everyone's phones came out started mm. filming it. And it was, listen, it wasn't a bad gig in and of itself, but it's my least favourite gig. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a there I said it, to be honest, when it comes to sort of how people consume gigs especially. Yeah. And in terms yeah. of, in terms of, there's a, there's a, there's such an element with social media that people will jump on the bandwagon of an artist who's performing because of who they are, not because of their, them being a fan of them to say, yeah. look, I am at this gig. I am at this straight gig or whatever, yeah. as opposed to actually being a fan of them. Yeah. yeah, that's really yeah. cynical of me to say, and I might be completely no, wrong. No, but that's how it comes across I've, sometimes. No, I think I've I've mentioned this in a previous episode. So I I, I mean I I loved the gig, but there were elements which I hated, and it was Stevie Wonder the the arena. Wow! And I was surrounded by people who I reckon, if they had been asked what Stevie Wonder's best song was, they would say, "I just called to say I love you." Right. Do you oh, know what I mean? It, it just felt, or happy birthday. Which is actually a terrible song. Oh, God. It's yeah. a terrible but song. But basically, um, I was surrounded by people who were singing along to some of the shonkiest of his songs, and there aren't that many, but um, at the top of their voices, and um, and and we were kind of going, just keep it down. I mean, it was like, we've paid our money, we'll do whatever. And, you know, it's that oh, kind of selfish, I that. I selfish that. thing. I hate that. Yeah. I, I can't he- actually hear Stevie Wonder singing. Could you just keep it oh, down? Oh, please. That's yeah. bad. Um, who Ooh. have you seen the most live? Nas. Nas. Seven times, maybe six times. Seven times. Followed by Jay-Z five times. Who's, who have you seen most? Because oh. it doesn't necessarily follow that it is your favourite artist. No, not at I all. Said. No, Sometimes you see them by accident. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. Yeah, yeah. No, it's totally true. It It is the it is the Mannix, followed closely by the Charlatans. And maybe, maybe the Chemical Brothers as well. But yeah, the Mannix, simply because I would follow them. You know, on tour in those early days, and so ah, right, okay. in one tour alone, you know, I'll, I'd have seen them maybe uh, not even close to some of those people who would go the whole tour, but you know, four or five times on one tour, or whatever. Mm. So it's, it's still the Mannix, but I think you know, Sam Fender might start. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> um, sorry, this is a, a random question that I'm just going to throw in just now, oh, but yes. you'll you'll understand why. I'm all right, if yeah. you were to go on um, Mastermind. What would your um, specialist subject I, be? I, I think this may come to fruition because I have been asked if I would go on. Have uh, you? In, 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 in passing, in that, oh, we're shooting a new series in September. Would you be interested? Yes. Yes. Um, and I've thought long and hard about this and I thought to myself... Don't embarrass us, Richie. And by us, I mean, I mean kids uh, TV. <laughs> oh, it's... Don't embarrass it's, us. It's, it's going to be something that... There's been some atrocious... No, with all due respect, it's going to be something that... Oh, right, okay. There's been it, some awful performances from us kids TV presenters. Are you referring to yourself? 
No, no, no. no he, okay. he he actually did. No, I, I mean, he, I he only lost to Chris Packham. Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's no no shame. No shame in that, in that at no. all. But, but the reason I ask is because his specialist subject I did the manics. was manics. Right, I did the manics. I think my specialist subject would be no. I, I, I think so, but I don't know how niche you could make it. I don't know if it could be a particular song or a you particular could, album or a particular. So I for me, I had to tell them. So like who the, who the manics were. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I had. It was just the manics. So, so not even Manic Street Preachers, because that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Manic Street Preachers, oh, okay, yeah. right. And it was just broad. So, um, whereas, I think And you Sid, still nailed it. Yeah. I think yeah. Sid... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Sid said, like, Liverpool Football Club between 80s and 90s. Or so. he, he started narrowing stuff down. Yeah. It, it depends. If you said one album, then, no, they'd probably go, no, that's too Fine. niche. But you think you'd go with Nas? It would either, See, this is it. It would either be... And a musical artist. I know this. It'd either be a musical artist or Manchester United. Blue Peter presenters. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Who is definitely not. He doesn't know enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it would either be it'd be Man United, maybe nineties Man United. Yeah. It'd be the nineties Man United, Nas or the Matrix. The film, Ooh. The Matrix, which I only Ooh. watched for the first time last month. I beg your pardon. Wow. I know. That's a conversation for off air. And it was quite good. It was quite good. So anyway, it is a bit moving on. <laughs> so what like, I will say from that is it's quite good, and this is a film from 1999 about technology, and it shows how well it's aged. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, it's mad, yeah. and I don't think even they know. But I then started watching the sequel. No, 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 no. And so yeah, I'm not going to do that again. What a mess. So we're taking you on to a. Uh, it's a fancy festival. It's a it's a day long event, and it's. You call it what you want, Driss Hop, um, Driss Fest, Driss Up. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, Driss Up. <laughs> yes. The ultimate Driss Up. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'd go with. Good show. And, and we've given you five things to think of. You've got an opening act, and then you've got a spoken word interview, because you're very cultural, you, and it's someone that you're going to interview live on stage. And then you've got your second act, and then you've got a DJ who is going to warm the crowd up for the headliner. So you had five things there. So we've got the big dress up, day long. Fa- and um, he's referring he's, to his notes Have you now. opened up notes? He's referring I, to right, his notes. No, do you know what? I was thinking about this because I don't know, I don't know if you don't mind me saying that you said. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, listen, we do. There's only one or two questions that we give our guests a, a, a heads up because this would be unfair. So, it doesn't matter where we are, because that then does become very much like a, a different podcast, but the opening act of the day, and you know, it's just after midday, gates have opened, we're all in, so it's early doors, who is the opening act or artist? This is one of the most difficult questions I've ever been asked in my life, good. because good. my taste in music is, is, as you may have noticed, very varied. Therefore, yeah. am I thinking from a business point of view, who would buy tickets to this ultimate drizzle? Oh <laughs> my god! The answer. This is brilliant. No, no one has ever said be, to us. The answer would be absolutely no one, because who would want to go and see Kasabian, Hans Zimmer, Nas, Maxwell, and if I could bring back <laughs> Michael Jackson, you're the first you know person I mean? who's ever yeah. approached it from a marketing point from of a view. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, that's a, that's a real. No, forget it. Forget what people want. It's just my it's personal be, right. Just assume that it's going to be a sellout. 
is going to be Fine. a sellout. Yeah. And people are, okay. The people who buy tickets are going to be the best people. Sure. It's not going to be because the people ironically, who if you did, just know one song. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you did announce a lineup like that, it would all sell out. Because yeah. people would go, this sounds bonkers, we're going to be there. So who's the opening act? But then, then. <laughs> okay. And the other <laughs> question amazing. that I've got is... yeah. And who's this is doing, the, who's doing the catering? <laughs> <laughs> is Important. it going to be street food? Or are we yeah. going to bring in the chains? What, what's going on? Street food. But yeah, we're going to bring in the but, chains. Yeah. Do, or is it independent marketers? On, uh, you know. Do you do you build up or do you? This is not for us to answer. <sighs> this, is, this is your decision. Because ending on a Hans Zimmer time is just as powerful as ending on a Oasis Wonderwall. Do you know? Uh, There's not Oasis Wonderwall. Like a Prodigy. There's like, one thing I can say. A, I absolutely love your thought into this, but B, you're going to be useless on Mastermind. Yeah, <laughs> Time yeah, is up. Right, yeah, oh, okay. but what? You uh, didn't explain, okay, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go for it. So okay. who's the opening act? I love the thought. This, this caused you trouble. Okay. Um, opening act yeah. would be Maxwell. Interesting choice. Okay. Neo soul singer Maxwell. Yep. And and how is he going to get to the venue? Have we thought yes. about that? Helicopter. How is that? I mean, exactly. Teleportation. Okay. Right, Have okay. you got makeup? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Maxwell. Why Maxwell? Uh, I think he is as far as raw singular talent yep. goes. Hans Zimmer is a genius because he's got a forty-person. Do you know what I mean? He's a genius because he wrote all the music, but yep. he doesn't do anything on his own. He's got a 40-person. Okay. Right? I like how you're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Nas, incredible lyricist, incredible presence on stage. Love him. But in term, it, and a genius rapper, lyricist. Yeah. But I, if I'm just going to be maybe potentially controversial, I think what it takes... A lot of the work when it goes into rap is in the writing phase, not as much in the performing. In the performing, phase, yeah. right? Because because often I've been so many hip hop gigs like you and rap gigs, and a lot of them are rubbish live. It's a different. It's a different sort of performance. Yeah, it? it can be often a but, bit rubbish because it is. But the reliance yeah. is a lot more on the songs and the lyrics yes, rather absolutely. than the performance. Absolutely. So it's a different. Thing. So you go in for Maxwell because Maxwell musically in a performer, sing- singular talent. Yeah, with his vocals live. Yeah. Oh my god! I love that. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. the fact that you've approached it from a live performance point of yeah. view, yeah, rather yeah. than who is your favourite. It's a, you know, it's a, it's about the performance in a live setting. A hundred percent. And um, in fact, one of the questions that you sent me was with regards to like a live album. I would recommend Maxwell uh, MTV Unplugged album yeah. is beautiful. Say no more. Yep. So well, Maxwell is opening. So who? So you're going to um, interview somebody after that. Um, who is it going to be and why? Live on stage with Richie Driss, interviewing. Do they have to be performing as well or not? Nope. And it has to be music, I'm assuming. No, it could yeah, be. It doesn't even have to be music. David no. Attenborough, it could be. This is just cultural festival. It's a dress-up. Okay. It's the yeah, big dress-up. Big dress-up. Yeah. The big dress-up. <sighs> David Attenborough feels... For obvious reasons, he feels too obvious. Do you know what I mean? And and, yeah. I, and without again, yeah. without one name drop, I, yeah, yeah, he is going to. I, He's done that. He's been there. I yeah. didn't interview him because there were there were kids asking the questions, but I was there. 
yes. know, on screen. He's, done it. he's yeah. bored. He's bored of Attenborough. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> so, never. If you've heard his voice, that's not possible. So go on. Sorry, I'm really delaying this. Who um, is it? Is that dead or alive or both? Either. Tupac. Okay. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine bringing Tupac out to interview? And then not having him perform. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. No. And do you know what? We're going to leave it there and I'm not even going to ask you any more because I don't want to just, yeah, I don't know anymore. Brilliant. Two passes like being interviewed. That punch that Ali doesn't throw after he's knocked. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Knocked him out and then. And then, nah. yeah, he's like, no, nah, it's going to nah. spoil the yeah. poetry of the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Leave it. So who's the second act on then? I mean, Maxwell. Tupac, <laughs> and then the second act is Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, brilliant. I think that's a great way to. That's follow. a brilliant. Yeah, that's a brilliant way. How do you follow Tupac Shakur being interviewed and not performing, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen? Hans Zimmer. I will never. I will never answer this question satisfactorily. With, with, no, <laughs> and it'll be different in an hour or so, and that's yeah. what we like. That's I'm going to wake up before like. I'm like, no, because I've been. Why did not I say them? And that's what we like. So Hans Zimmer has just blown us all away and he's had Arsene Wenger on stage with him live as well. Mm, yeah. And so we're into the nitty gritty now. We're warming up, getting ready for the headliner and the DJ or DJs that's going to do that. Swedish House Mafia. Swedish House Mafia, of course. Yeah. And is there a 12 foot drop that I have to plummet yes. down? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. To love enter it. that part of Driss, Driss Up. Driss Up. The big Driss the, Up. The ultimate I have to get up. down a, a 12 foot plummet. You have to jump. You're going to have to catch put, me. Well, no, you put a parachute on because the drop will be so That is true. High. I like a plastic bag. <laughs> it'll no problem. To, it'll have time to <laughs> No <win>. worries. <laughs> You'll be in the pit shooting it. So yeah. So the big Driss Up, everyone's foaming at the mouth because mm. they've seen Maxwell. They've heard Tupac Shakur being uh, uh, interviewed. Hans Zimmer's just made us all cry. And then Swedish House Mafia have come on and we're in a frothing mess. And everyone's cheering. <laughs> everyone's yes. cheering. Doesn't sound like my kind of no, mess. No, frothing mess. Yeah, it is. You're going to be absolutely off your cake by then. Sure. Everyone's going to be going mental, crazy. And they're all shouting for the headliner. And the headliner comes on and it is... Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Wow. What era, Michael Jackson? Are we talking bad Michael Current? Jackson? Definitely um, not, not definitely not a current one. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'd say, yeah, which Michael Jackson's walking out on stage here? I mean, this is the thing is that the later into his career you get, and I feel guilty even saying that because he was he's a problematic, yeah, I oh, yeah. we get that, but Person. We're, we're looking at music, yeah. Well, I mean, first gigs, you've got Michael Jackson, I've yeah, Clapton, you know, I'm yeah, there's some problematic yeah. stuff we're there, but yeah. now. Uh, but I'm saying this in hindsight. But regardless, I I loved the Invincible album as much as I love Dangerous, and Invincible was the last full album that he released really? himself, and that's 2001. Yeah. I say, and I love that album, and I oh, love Dangerous, you? but I love Thriller, and I, I it's not he never released the only bad album that I can think of. That's not bad. Sorry, um, the only album I, of his I disliked was Blood on the Dance Floor, and that's because yeah. most of it is terrible remixes. Yeah. So like four original songs, which are all brilliant, and then it's a load of terrible remixes. What's your favorite Jackson album? Um, it, it's either bad. I mean, I I played it to death. I mm. played it to death, or off the wall. Yeah, not Thriller. Oh, God. See, I'd, yeah. I I would oh. say bad just because um, any album that's got M Man in the Mirror on it 
you know, oh, gets an just, extra star. <laughs> just ridiculous that song. But then you you have you, you have the stories behind. What's he saying? Nailed it. Yeah. Let's the in and it and you get me the Michael Jackson was the original Vic Reeves. That's the that's the point. John. I'm Dill Danding. I'm Dill Danding. Exactly. So, <laughs> essentially, you're going to have Jacko just come on and do a greatest hit set. Uh, that sort of makes sense. Is that, is that, or is that what you're having? Oh, you don't want a greatest hit? I mean, I... What? Yes. I want to dig a little deeper than that, personally. Do a B-sides mm, Potentially. B-sides? He doesn't know what B-sides are. I do, young man. Only because your mum and dad told you, because they're our age. <laughs> Uh, what was the first thing? I remember being gifted, right? Yeah. Eiffel 65 Blue. Oh. Right? <laughs> blue dab and And I think I listened to it once out of pure politeness. Was yeah. it on a single? It was not on a single. It was on a, a, a compact disking goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come back to me. I've got something better for that. Compact dingle. Compact. Yeah. If you like. I've got. <laughs> but it was on that, so I know I'd be, yeah, B sides from that, yeah, from right. singles. Going through HMV when I was a kid and like, really, yeah, yeah. I thought that was, I genuinely thought that was past you, it wasn't patronizing. I thought we'd sort of lost singles because that's a bit of a that, dark period for me to the very early 2000s. To, mm. I mean, two years of that is completely blank to me, but sure. Um, so, <laughs> a niche reference there, <laughs> people know my personal life, but um. Okay, so just just wrap it up. You don't want Jacko coming on and doing a greatest hits. That's that's, I don't re- that's know really what ballsy. I want, Alex. Yeah, but none of us know what we're on in life. But also, this you just, said luckily this is just a live music podcast. But also, so. I, I think Richie's going to have to speak to Jacko first and see what he wants to do. Sure, as right. Well, okay. Because I mean, we have to think about logistics here. You can't just yeah. put a dream festival and just expect it to happen. Uh, no, you can't just it's expect thing is, it. To, you know, people just to turn up and do what you I want. I know. No, imagine this, that. This is the to, big dresser. You need to think about logistics you need yeah. to think about all these things as Richie said the street well, set well we're in trouble then if we're looking at logistics and Michael Jackson so right. what's he playing what's you actually like? so if he's not doing the greatest hits you, this is bonkers you've just had all that and yet you're suggesting that Michael Jackson's going to come out headline the big dress up and just play one album no no no, no. What, cherry not greatest pick hits? here there everywhere from albums but the thing is though is that you already said it doesn't matter about the audience right because I was thinking from a marketing perspective no. if I was going to do you know if I was about making money from this it would be the greatest hits but so actually you're choosing the set list for Michael Jackson yeah and it's, it's going to include dress up, or the big dress up. It's going to include what's the most obscure <laughs> do you know I just just popped into my head yeah. I'm just going to do covers <laughs> not do any, any of Michael Jackson. So, just tell me the most obscure track that you're going to ask him to do. We've, had, a, we've had enough. I mean, wow. There's a Michael Jackson song called "We've Had Enough." Yeah, and it's brilliant. I couldn't even tell you the album it's from. Uh, it was an album. I think it was an album that was released as a greatest hits in one part of the world, but um, yeah, because I not ha- everywhere. Well, um, yeah, because I had a copy of Bad on cassette 
which had from, Leave Me Alone on it. Yes. Which was only available. From, from ba- I got it from, my friend got it from me from Bali. Yeah. Leave me alone. Leave yeah. me alone. So yeah. just leave yeah, me yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah. But it was released leave as a single. It was released as a single with a music video. Yeah. And the video was him at his most no, kind of self-deprecating because it had... It was him sailing along, wasn't stuff. it? Yeah. Elephant yeah. Man stuff and kind of all the stuff the that he was getting stuff. pummeled for. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was released as a track on the Bad Album just in a few places. And I, I think it's Australasia. Oh, on the Bad Album? Yeah. Because I know yeah. it's Dangerous. No. No. no, no, it, it was on history. The, yeah, the compilation. Yeah, I think. But actually, it, I've got it on. Yeah, a copy of the album "Bad" from Bali. My friend got it from Bali, oh. and he stopped no, doing yeah, it going dangerous. to Australia. Well, this uh, is brilliant. He's no. Richie. Sorry, is, I'm, is, I'm, is I'm searching. Swan, I've swan dive into my phone for that. Anyway, right, sorry. See, yeah, I digress. That, that's, and I'll be honest. That's ballsy. He's yeah. going to do. And why wouldn't you? For sure, festival. You know, if I had the Manics headlining, I'd be saying, you're not going to play You Stole the Sun From My Heart because I do not like it. So, no, yeah. and, and not theme from MASH? Yeah. Really, would you? Yes! Don't be daft, of course I would. I do not care for and You know he means it because he went very high pitched. Yeah. He did. Only, yeah. And that was for Henry, the Blue Peter dog. Yeah. Only he heard, <laughs> Only he heard that. <laughs> yeah. um, last question. We came to the well, last question in the podcast. So... Um, do you have a go-to piece of live music, either a recording or something that is on YouTube, a live performance that you go to that either chills you out or, you know, absolutely um, gets you up for it? You know, like, <sighs> up for what? Um, <laughs> you know, if you're going to go on a night out or something and you want... Oh, yeah, that's different. Like, yeah, exactly. Or, <sighs> but just a, a piece of live music. My, I can tell you probably my favourite piece of live music. Yes, there it is. Is the track "This Woman's Work," which is a Kate Bush song. Yes, covered by Maxwell. Oh right, okay. I didn't realise oh, he covered it. Wow. He covered it. So he's covered it. Uh, he covered it and released it on the album now. His album now, but he did a live version of it on MTV Unplugged, and it's did he just. Unbelievable! I need to check that out because I love the song. Yeah, uh, but I only know the Kate Bush version. Yeah, actually, so um, our, on every guest's page on our website, we will put um, videos of what we've talked about. We'll Links. do a playlist yeah. as well. Amazing. But I'll put um, Kate Bush and Maxwell next to each other. So. Yeah, I like. There it. are two versions of the Maxwell. There's the album version, which is magic, really, really good. But it's the it's a live version. I think if I had to, if I had to pick, it'd be the live version. But, and that was yeah. for M- MTV Unplugged. Uh, MTV did a, um, a string of al- <clears throat> albums called Unplugged. Like Alicia Keys did one, Jay-Z did one, Maxwell did one. Eric Clapton did one. Well, <laughs> let, let's be honest. You know, I think the most famous is the Nirvana, isn't it? Oh, yeah, well, of course. That well, was one of, one of the first, would, wasn't it? Yeah, but also um, Tony Bennett did one. Um, yes, he did. And it resurrected his career. Yeah. And he, uh, so I saw him at the, just after um, uh, the Unplugged album um, came out. So that must have been 97, 96, something like that. Anyway, I saw oh, him wow. in, in Glasgow. And what he did was he, um, he was obviously very appreciative of MTV for resurrecting his career because mm. he was in his 70s. Yeah. And he would go, well, um, I, I signed this on Un- Unplugged. Let's let, let's get unplugged. Can we unplug? And so basically, they just turned off all the mics. And he was in the Royal Concert Hall in Glasgow, 
and he just sang and his wow. voice just boomed off the walls. It was no way. Yeah, it was incredible. Can we get unplugged? And he'd do that. I photographed him at Bridgewater Hall about three years ago, maybe four years ago, and he did exactly the same shtick, exactly the same thing. Can we turn the mics off? And he did exactly the same That's thing. Impressive. That's impressive. And he was kicking on 90. Um, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. But yeah. I think MTV t- um, did a good job of kind of resurrecting some careers as well. Yeah. Because of these these unplugged. Yeah. Um, they were great sessions, and, mm. and to be honest, the listeners, if you've not delved into those series that you know spanned years and years, you absolutely should. Because mm. the Nirvana one, and the, I love the Pearl Jam one as well. Um, going back, they they were great. But we shall put a link. Um, to that Maxwell cover, yep. and um, at another time we'll have a discussion about favourite live covers, because that's just a... Oh, oh, that's mine, there it is. That's, that's wonderful yours. thing, and that's Richie Driss is there, and that, listener, is Richie Driss. Richie, thank you so much. Thank you. An education. Loved it. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of tracks, Chris and I, to listen to there that we perhaps wouldn't have listened to before. We're going to turn Chris into a big Jay-Z Nas fan. I'm a massive Nas fan, anyway. Good man. Massive. That's not how you pronounce it. Nas. No. You, you're Nas. <laughs> Nas. <laughs> Richard, yes, thank you. Lovely. Thanks, Jess. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but Which, I'm not sure those old fellas appreciate it, but you know. No, but check out uh, Richie's climb. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, you can find it there. And yeah, it, it, what, what an impressive fella. Brilliant. He's absolutely great. And and um, I'm going to head off now to watch some Beyonce and Jay-Z videos. Don't know about you. Uh, prob- probably not. Um, before we finish... <laughs> <laughs> Before we finish, just lastly, and again, if you go to podchaser.com, search for The Gig Stories Podcast, and then give us a review and a five-star rating, and then a dollar will go to the uh, World Central Kitchen um, and their initiative Chefs for Ukraine, which provides hot meals both in cities in Ukraine and also at border crossings in several countries bordering U- Ukraine. Um, so, so, yeah, do please, that now. Please do it. Do it, and you can do it throughout April. That's when um, the, these monies are going to be um, donated. So, yeah, get so on I it. I will mention it um, on the next episode as well. So yeah. we won't say anything else apart from that. Go to Podchaser, find us, give us a review, and, and maybe search for some new podcasts as well. Absolutely. So big, big thank you to Richie Driss and a big thank you to my beautiful old birthday boyfriend, Christopher Payne. Thank you very much. We'll we'll see you in the next episode. Thanking you. Bye bye. See you next time.